We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, welcome to another episode of Outside the Trenches. I'm BJ Kissel, joined as always by Nick Leckie, and we're going to break down the Chiefs' 32-29 win over the New Orleans Saints last night down in New Orleans. Nick, I know that had to be a special game for you. Uh, obviously, being a Chiefs fan, you do this Chiefs podcast with us uh, for the last couple of years, but also somebody who has a Super Bowl ring with the Saints from back in 2009. Uh, how special was it for you when you flipped on the TV and saw the, those two teams going at it? Uh, it's cool. It's it's almost what we thought that the Super Bowl should have been about what two years ago, I think, mm-hmm. or or maybe. And it was just something where I was like, I wonder how it would have felt. And watching it, I mean, you know, I got a lot of love for Drew, played with him, but I was rooting for the Chiefs. I really was. Yeah. Like, I was curious what my my response would be, but when I turned it on, got in it, I'm like, Chiefs all the way, definitely Chiefs all the way. Yeah, I want to ask you about that because people had a lot of opinions on social media about Drew Brees and what we saw last night. As somebody who's been around him and you've spoken so highly of him, even before we talked about this game, you've shared stories on this podcast about being around Drew Brees and how much you think of him um, as a player, what he's done throughout his career, and obviously still what he can do for the New Orleans Saints and putting them in a position to still be one of the best teams in the NFC. But we'll break all of that down, and we will be joined <clears throat> excuse me, in a little bit by former Chiefs running back Sharkandrick West. Uh, that was always going to be the plan he was going to join us regardless and then obviously with the injuries last night as uh, people on social media started asking him some questions so we'll ask him all those questions that i know you guys have for him but uh one of my favorite dudes of all time so looking forward to having shark Hendrick join us and then nick uh let's talk a little bit about what we saw from the game last night it's it's been a little bit um you know as we're recording here on monday uh, the dust has kind of settled and I think most people just take the win and move on. We've talked about this on this show. Uh, but you know, one thing I want to pat our, pat our listeners on the back who, you know, our loyal listeners who listen every week, because if you caught last week's episode, I'm going to make up that I think it was maybe 40%, 30% of the episode was me preaching. I'm not going to get worked up from week to week about certain things <laughs> because they're going to fix them. And I just don't care. Like they're, they're going to get it figured out. So I'm not going to get all worked up about red zone offense because they're one of their last nine and think that it's this huge problem because they will figure it out. And then lo and behold, last night they go four for four in the red zone and everyone's like, ah, they fixed it. And it's like, they just executed, they just executed better, but it was great to see against that defense for Patrick Mahomes to go out there and solidify his MVP case. I don't think anybody at this point can make a, 
a case with a straight face saying that Patrick Mahomes isn't the odds-on favorite to lead and get his second MVP award going. 26 of 47 for 254 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, not necessarily yardage you'd expect, but Nick, one of the things you and I talked about uh, that you noticed was, and they talked about on the broadcast, was the two deep safeties, uh, that they were taking away some of those big plays and they were they were making the Chiefs kind of grind it out with some longer drives. Yeah, they were. I think when you have an offense that that's high powered, I think the Saints can be that way when they have their 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 full accompaniment with Michael Thomas at wide receiver, and and you get addicted to it as an offense where where you don't if you don't have that proper discipline that that you're like oh why are we driving again can't we just get like a 75 yard Tyreek Hill touchdown and <laughs> it's not it, it was it was really cool to see that the Saints were like we are absolutely gonna gonna just eliminate that period. And they were like, we're going to make you force you do something. And all four of their TDs were, were, what were they, like seven plays, 36 yards, 11 plays, 80, nine plays, 75, 10 plays, 59 yards. I mean, they made them grind and work for every single touchdown. And it was cool to see that offense sort of uh, shift identities within the game. Say, okay, you're not going to give us deep? Okay, we'll grind it out, and we'll be totally happy with that. And it was yeah. really cool to see. Yeah, and I – I agree. And I, I think you have to win different games. We've talked about it so many times. And I don't know how many times I've said, you know, look at last year's playoff that you had to go and beat Houston. You had to beat Deshaun Watson in that offense. Then you had to go and beat the Tennessee Titans. And you had to, to stop that Derrick Henry in that running game. That You can't just be this one-dimensional team that's got a strength in one spot, but you can't grind it out in different ways. And same thing with Patrick Mahomes and, uh, and going up against the Saints defense that not every defense can do what the Saints do by putting two deep safeties back in Marcus Williams and, and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Put those guys 20 yards back and then just expect the other nine to slow down the running game and to stop everybody else. The Saints can do that because they are so good up front and those horses, uh, Cam Jordan, those guys can get after it. Yeah, those guys are nice too. And they really were. I mean, um, you know, if you talk about Cam Jordan, I know it's difficult he got ejected, but I think that's that's indicative yeah. of the way Wiley was playing at right tackle as well. Uh, I know that, that you know, they got a lot of QB hits on Patrick. Yeah. <laughs> like Trey Hendrickson got what five QB hits and, and Carl yeah. Anderson got four. I mean, they were, get, they were put in work, but you know, I think the offense did, did a good job of being solo on those guys yeah. without much help. And I want to ask you this question. I was going to ask you this on the podcast anyway, but since you and I are going to podcast about it, I asked on Twitter last night to Duke and Jeff in that it seemed like, and I, I want to give Andrew Wiley a lot of credit because I know he gave yeah. up the one hit that a lot of people were drawing attention to uh -huh. and in watching YouTube TV. And this is a, perfect example i was going to tweet out because he gave up the one hit that i went on social and everybody was just blasting wiley um for giving up the hit he, he missed the block fine but on the next like three plays he was one-on-one -on, -one on an island and he stopped him and we went down and ended up scoring on that drive and i wanted to draw attention of hey if you're going to call out wiley for missing the block then give him some credit on the next couple of plays for being one-on-one -on -one with the same guy doing spin moves and counters and Patrick Mahomes isn't the easiest guy to block for. And that was, again, brought up last night where guys are saying you cannot consistently block guys when the quarterback's 12 yards deep. And I asked the question, and I want to get your opinion, um, because I'm not going to pretend to know. And I'm not going to say because it happened a couple of times on the examples that I saw that – all of a sudden, this is how it is. And it's about chipping. And it's about when Ta Travis Kelsey was lined up in line and to, quote, unquote, help uh, the offensive tackle with Hendrickson and those guys coming off the edge, the tight end would kind of throw a shoulder and chip him. And what ended up happening was he sent the edge rusher on a different plane of where he was going. And so the strike for the, the tackle to kind of get his hands on him, there was nowhere to strike because the guy was like twisting and turning off of the punch. And then he got sideways and basically was able to get around the tackle 
based on the being helped by the chip because it, it it was hard for the offensive lineman to find a place to put his hands. And I didn't know if that was a real thing, if offensive line didn't like chips, and if that's more of a tackle thing. And I know you played on the interior, but um, it seemed like it hurt with the chips more than it was helping, even though the idea is to slow somebody down. It just it didn't work out the few times that I saw. It's difficult with with chips, especially from from tight ends, is that is that you're doing it on a different level or or the one you're talking about where, where Travis kind of pushed them inside and, and right. that gives you that that boost to, to get burnt. And you're like, you just would have been better off just going on a route. Right. Just yeah. don't even worry about the chip help or or being on the same level. Right. So you got to be on, on the same level. And, and they were not where like Kelsey is like hitting them like here. And it yep. makes that 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 D tackle go go that way around the tap around the right tackle. So yeah, it was not not the best move, but you know yeah. you got to survive. However, I think it's one of those like that's how it works out. I don't think anyone did anything wrong. I don't know if Kelsey didn't chip the right way or if uh, if Wiley should have known he was going inside. Those are all the things I don't know. So I'm not yeah. calling anyone out saying like this was wrong, but it was something I noticed uh, going off. But uh, while we talk about the offense, we need to talk about the defense too. Uh, yeah. What they were able to do starting off that game with four three and outs. Uh, the Saints had less than 200 yards going into the fourth quarter, uh, and that was one of Drew Brees, if not his worst game ever. Uh, I know the final numbers look okay with three touchdowns and one pick, but I think anyone who watched that game, uh, you talk about rust you know, with a quarterback who's been around for 20 years. Uh, you could speak more to that. I, I don't think rust is real for a quarterback who's played as much as he has. I just see a quarterback who is more limited than he was early in his career with how he can step up, his arm strength. I just It's not the same guy, and I think you've got to give credit to the the Chiefs cornerbacks they were playing press they were saying you've got to go beat me and Drew Brees has to make a very accurate throw down the field outside the hash all those difficult throws we're going to make him do this and I think the times particularly early when they tried to do that I think the Chiefs defense um, was simply just winning and I don't think it was for me it wasn't as much rust uh, but you saw him settle in towards the end and start making some plays but I thought it was a great more about the Chiefs defense than it was about Drew Brees but I'm not going to pretend that I didn't especially on like the luxurious need interception great job for Frank Clark to get in his pressure he couldn't step into it but that's the kind of throw that you see Patrick Mahomes it just looks easy because he can just sidearm fling it 35 yards on the line um, he completes those throws and that's where the arm strength and not being able to step in you, you can't have the, that margin of error no, that's so true. And I think what the defense really did well is if you look at this New Orleans offense, you know, without Michael Thomas is that, you know, yeah. they, they try to feed the ball to Kamara. And I mean, outside of a couple, I mean, he really didn't have the, those sort of, you know, wheel routes or, or halfback routes out of the backfield because he was double covered with a DN and a linebacker. Anytime he, yeah. he, he flexed out or anytime happens. So once you shut that down, you kind of make New Orleans sort of, you know, one or two dimensional. I know Latavius Murray was able to get one in there uh, from the, the backfield. Yeah. But other than that, no, it was shut down. And once you do that, it's frustrating for an offense. Yeah, and that was kind of a broken play. And actually, that play that you're talking about, Latavius Murray got, I think that's one of the plays where if you're going to have success consistently against the Chiefs, you're going to win games, you have to make off-script plays like that yeah. to get it. Because that was the one big chunk play besides like the Emmanuel Sanders and a couple of those deep throws that they hit mm -hmm. on. That was one of the big plays that they had in the game that I was just like, if they could do more of that. And that's what I don't see with their offense because – Drew Brees just doesn't have the ability to scramble and buy time like we see from Mahomes. And it's just, it almost seems like it's in the script for Mahomes to step back 12 yards, let the tackles try to get up front. He steps up and around. And we've talked about it every week. It's just that natural, like he does it every, it seems like every big play, every third down, he steps back, he kind of scrambles around, and it's backyard football. And, you know, my favorite play in the game was the one that, uh, 
I think it was Marshawn Lattimore made a fantastic play on Travis Kelsey, oh, but yeah. it was one of those, like he gets out and he just kind of floated it up and he came and he, he showed how high he jumped and knocked it down. But if that's not the most backyard football play I've ever <laughs> seen, and it almost worked. And it was like, these guys are NFL athletes. And if you've ever been around how good of athletes these guys are, to even attempt stuff like that with those, that many guys around, it's just crazy. Uh, that was a lot of fun to watch, but Nick, I do want to, to, to switch the topic over a little bit uh, and talk a little bit about the offensive line uh, before we welcome Sharkhandrick on because um, they, there were hits. We talk about Wiley playing right tackle. It's not his natural spot, but they're missing so many guys and it's not been discussed. I don't think a lot. Everybody's criticizing the offensive line. Mitch Schwartz isn't playing. LDT is not playing. Mike Rimmers isn't playing. Uh, Lucas Niang isn't playing from way back in uh, the beginning of the season. Draft, yeah. Um, yeah. So like you're missing, there's somebody else that I'm missing off. Martinez Rankin. Uh, There's even one, uh, Kalecki Osamelli was a yeah. starting left guard and he's out. So, I forgot about that. Yeah. Five awesome. starters. Yeah. Those are five starters. I know the different spots, but five different guys who have started, they're all out. And now we're criticizing the offensive line. Like they've got to be better. We've got to draft a guy. Like, come on, people. Like, just chill out for a second and just appreciate the fact that you went out and beat one of the three best teams in the NFC and one of the teams you could very likely see in the Super Bowl. That strength of their team is their defensive front. And you put up 32 points on them. Yes, Patrick Mahomes got hit more than normal, but you still functioned as an offense. That's the great thing about having Mahomes. But let's not pretend that the offense couldn't function with those guys. Yes, they missed some plays, but they still functioned enough to put up 32 points on the road to go 8-0 on the road, go undefeated on the road. Um, let's have a little bit of context as to you can't have you know the 2003 Chiefs offensive line out there every week. <laughs> like, well, on. and it's cool. It's well, I think it's just cool. Like off from an offensive line standpoint, is you know Fish is eight year eight year pro, Algretti yeah. two, Ryder five, Wiz Newski ten, and Wiley three years. So you got this vet core veteran group. And I've always I've always said this. I don't think you need that many high paid guys on offensive line. Like I think you need to put money elsewhere. But if you have vets, go who, yeah, or Mahomes, you can get the job done with that. And and there were times where sure they got pressure with three or four, but I mean you, I mean outside of the L.A. Rams, you're not or the Bucks, you're not going to face a tougher D line than that. And just yep. a complete defense, you know. That was yep. and they did a great job with that defense too. And it was impressive the way they played yep. together. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun to watch. And a lot of credit has to go to Andy Heck, the Chiefs offensive yeah. line coach. Again, we never give enough credit to offensive linemen. Were we sure enough to, don't give enough credit yeah. to offensive line coaches? Um, but that being said, I do have one quick Fisher story I put out on Twitter. I have no idea uh, how it's performing or if it even got sent out right before we started recording. But, um, you know, Fisher playing through some stuff. I know some people criticized him last night. And uh, some people that know him have kind of come to his defense, which I think says a lot uh, about the guys that have come out and been speaking publicly, Jeff Allen being one of them, um, and guys that don't have to say anything about it. But some of these offensive linemen, you know, like they played through so many injuries and they played through so much stuff. And for what it seems like Fisher has been, I'm not going to pretend to know, I don't talk to Fish, um, for what Fish is seemingly going through uh, with some people that have gone back and watched, not being able to raise his hands because of his back injury, uh, certain things that he was kind of fighting through. It reminded me of a story that I'm going to share real quick from a couple years ago. Uh, he had played there. I think it was an ankle or a knee injury uh, against the the Chargers. It was when they were down in San Diego because it was a road game. And I'll never forget going into the locker room after the game. And it was a game the Chiefs won. And I went up to Fish because I, I knew how much pain he was in and he played through it. And 
Fish had gotten so much shit from Chiefs fans that, you know, I wasn't trying to spin or do anything, but just tell the story of what's really happening because fans don't get these perspectives all that often. I know he played, he gutted through some stuff to playing this game back then. So I went up to Fish in the locker room after the game and I said, hey man, uh, unbelievable effort. Like, I just want to ask you a couple of questions just about why it's so important for you to play through injury um, and get out there for your teammates. Like that, that was really gutsy and I, that story deserves to be known. And he looked at me, he was like, you know, thanks, BJ, in like the very fish way. Um, he's just like, thanks, man, but it doesn't matter. Like, who cares? He's like, yeah. everybody, everybody plays through stuff. And it wasn't like a like a raw raw. It was kind of like a blowing me off. And I had a great relationship with fish, but it was just kind of like, dude, everybody plays through stuff. Don't make a big deal of this. Like, it's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, it's not. Yeah, okay. it's it, not. But it made me like him even more because, as much as even guys who read, you know, opinions on the media and they 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 care, but they don't care. Right. Like for a guy like Fish that had gotten so much flack, and a lot of it was unfair, especially after his first couple of years. Some of the stuff that was written about him completely unfair. Um, in a couple instances in particular that I won't get into, but for him to not care when I was like literally feeding him something that he didn't ask me for, it was like fans should know this. Like you're playing through stuff. And he's basically like, no. The fan side of me loved it. I was like, this yeah. is why. Like, this is why these guys are special. <laughs> like, this is that togetherness. This is all those those cliches and things that we talk about. Like, it's very real here. And I wanted to share that story, and he didn't want me to, which made me want to share it even more. So I'm sorry, Fish. I share it now. I can nice. tell him that story now because he did it again, and he played through it last night. And I think uh, that stuff. I don't know if reward is is the right way, you know. But you guys, it's a different world down there. I know injuries and and all that. So that's a different world and in thinking long term. But. Um, but that's the guy that you want, you know, starting at left tackle. I, you know, Mitch Holtis used to say the numbers all the time, and I don't remember off the top of my head, but, you know, they're winning like 98% of their games at Fisher starts. You know, it was something yeah. crazy where, like, they were undefeated or 17-1 and one in, like, the last 18 games that he played. It's crazy. Yeah, he's an awesome presence to have a left tackle, and and he's right that everyone everyone's hurt. Everyone's playing through something, and that's part of that that sacrifice that a lot of people don't see is, you know, the the, the work you do before practice, the work you do after just on your body. And just getting back to uh, 80%, essentially, because you'll never see 100, especially if you played a couple of years. You'll never see 100%. Yep. 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 Absolutely. All right. The other guy that we need to talk about just because rookie stepped up, made a big play. Legereus Sneed uh, played mm. well. He had a lot of people talking about last night just because. Um, the one sack. Yeah, it, was the national, it was a national game. He had the sack, he had the pick, uh, and he's made plays all year. And people are saying, is that Brett Veach's best draft pick um, that he's ever made? I'm going to. Oh, well, second, second, you should say second. Yeah, second. (laughs) That's a whole different story, though. That's that's one of the the under – I'm going to keep my mouth shut because there's a story coming coming soon. There's a story coming soon about that. That's my tease. That's all I'm going to say about that. But, um, yeah, red zone offense being much better. Uh, We will get – we're going to have Sharkhanjik on here in a few minutes. Uh, We'll get through the Clyde Edwards-Elair injury. Hopefully it's not too serious. I know the x-rays last night from the reports came back negative uh, from Sunday night, but they were going to do an MRI to see what kind of, you know, damage there could potentially be to the muscles, ligaments, all that kind of stuff. Um, Hopefully it's not too serious, but – you know, that's that's why you have a lot of guys at that position. That's why they invested in him. That's why they made the move for Le'Veon Bell. Um, and now you're going to have, you know, Darwin Thompson, um, maybe the next guy to, to step up and play or whoever it's going to be. Um, you know, that's that's going to be a miss. Hopefully it's not too serious for Clyde. But that was a that was disappointing to see in a big win, especially for a guy who um, you know, was from Louisiana, grew up down there. His last you know college game, they, they made such a big deal talking about it, played on that field to win a national championship with LSU. Uh, that sucked to see. Yeah, it really is. It really is too. You know, I'd also like to to shout out um, 
anytime, like Mahomes said, he kind of grew up, you know, Brett Favre and, and with Drew Brees. And I think there's something to be said about when you play against people you admire, you step your game up. And I think that was one of Mahomes' most brilliant games was because I think they took away that deep threat and he still found ways to flourish. And I just thought it was so cool that, that escaping the defenders, uh, stepping up in the pocket after you've rolled the pocket, uh, the, the McCole Hardman pass where it was designed, you know, uh, uh, roll out the pocket to the left. <laughs> and he just he really did a good job because the O-linemen, you know, sure, they got beat, but it wasn't ever like a jailbreak where, you know, it was four defenders. It was like one defender here and the O-line stayed with him. So, I mean, that was a, a really brilliant, subtle game from Holmes. And it was just really cool to see, man. Like I said, yeah. that's a that's a playoff defense. That's a yeah. Super Bowl winning defense that that they beat. There was no injuries. Uh, I can't say the same about the offense, you know, for the Saints right now uh, without Michael Thomas and not a hundred percent Drew Brees. But that's a yeah. Super Bowl winning defense. Like you know, the offense is you know they they passed a really big test last night. Yeah, it, it we've talked about it. Like just because you're the best team in the league doesn't mean that when you play well, you're just going to boat race people. Yeah. Like you're never going to be that much better than everybody else. So that's what it's going to look like. That's that's one of the teams. It's it's them, the Packers, the Seahawks. Um, is there anybody I'm missing in the NFC? Is it going to be one of those three teams that represents yeah. the NFC? In my opinion, uh, going to the Super Bowl, it's not going to be the NFC East. Um, so <laughs> that's, that's take that out completely. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I think that when you look at overall the quality of win, um, not just for that game, but it was so much being put out there on social media now about what the Chiefs were able to do on the road this year. They went to Buffalo and won. They went to Tampa Bay and won. I granted, there's no fans. We've talked about that. It's not yeah, the same. it's different. It's not the same home. Yeah, going eight no, but it, it's worth but, noting. But it is the same in turn in context of going on the playoffs on the road this year. Like it's going to the on the road for the playoffs isn't going to be more difficult than going in the the regular season just because it's a playoff game. And maybe that's a a stupid comment to say, but like it's not all of a sudden there's going to be 70,000 fans and a home field advantage (laughs) in the playoffs. Like there's going to be 2,000 people there or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, it was great to see them pick up that win. Best start in franchise history at 13 and one. Uh, But it's great to see them get that win against a really good football team. Um, And now. The moment that everybody that's been tuning in has been waiting for is we welcome on one of our favorite people and one of your favorite players in Chiefs history, Sharkandrick West. My guy. What's up, my guy? How are we doing? What was it? Where where are you right now? That's what I want to know. That's the first question. Where are you? Closet. (laughs) (laughs) He's in the yeah, he's in the back room of GOAT and the stock room at GOAT or a or a or flight club. Yeah. What's your favorite? Hey, wait, what's your favorite pair right now? Or or is there something you just got? Bro, you ready? I'm ready. Oh, the Travis Scott. The Travis Scott. Oh, those are sh- oh. shoulder reverse. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. reverse swoosh. That reverse swoosh is everything. Do you see that, BJ? I have no idea what you guys are talking about. I'm so not look, a look, the, the swoosh is reversed okay. on the Travis yeah, Scott. So, oh, so those, those are probably. Are, oh, so they put wait. the swoosh backwards. So those are probably like six Travis grand. Bro, I don't know why these. <laughs> yeah. Oh, off whites. Nice. I love those. I love those. What's up, my guys? How y'all doing? Sure, Kendrick. What is good? It it 
in full disclosure, sure, Kendrick and I had had meal together. We had lunch together the other day. So it's not the first time I've seen you, my guy. But uh, what do you think about the game last? Let's talk a little bit about the game and then the obvious question that everybody's going to ask that I can't have <laughs> you on this episode and not ask you um, how good a shape you're in. I already knew the answer. It was one, one of the first things I asked you when we were at lunch because I was like, you look like you're in shape. You look kind of skinny, but you look like you're in shape right Fast, now. Fast, though, see? <laughs> yeah. Said, nah, I'm in good shape, though. Like I said, I'm going to keep working out, man. You got to. I like to look good. Are, but, uh, are, you are you fighting weight right now? Are you fighting shape right now? Let me see. For sure, I stay in fight shape. You just never okay. know. You got to okay. stay in fight shape at all ways. But now, nah, man, all I right. watched the game. The game was a good game last night. Yeah. Pat, Pat being Pat, like always. That's crazy. Some of the stuff he do, but it was kind of, like I said, even what you just said, to see some of the injuries, that was crazy, yeah. man. Like I said, prayers goes out to those guys and hope yeah. for a speedy recovery. Did they, did they say what happened? Uh, I don't think we have it. I think Coach reads press conference normally at noon today, so it's dating ourselves as far as when we're recording an hour before Coach speaks. But okay. I'd be really surprised if they gave any more uh, detailed information. They said that the X-rays came back negative, uh, so nothing was broken. But uh, the way that he fell, you is growing. There's a lot of there's a lot of different things that it could be. So um, yeah, absolutely, I know it's always a, a strange thing in this business as far as you know having you on and asking if you're in shape, you know, <laughs> right after another guy gets hurt. But uh, it's part of the business, and it's. Yeah, it's crazy. So, are you uh, very direct question? Are you in shape to play football if someone called you? Always. All right. That we'll leave it at that. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully everybody is healthy. But um, yeah, yeah. Let's say we just pray and hope everybody can can come back so they can go ahead and win that Super Bowl. Hey, so uh, I'd like to ask you a question. Um, what does it take for the RB um to trust a an O line that's sort of like kind of patchwork o-line is that as a running back because I, I so I, I was offense lineman i played six years in the nfl appreciate you bro appreciate lineman yeah, i appreciate you man i really appreciate you um what does it take for the for, for you to trust trust that offense line is it like the play call the scheme the defense like what what would it take you to trust an o-line uh i feel like for me just the o-line it, it doesn't have much to do with scheme to just that, you know, I just had that dog in them to just know, even if they miss a block, or I'm going to tell you the, the, the best thing I like to see in the O-lineman is when a guy jumps on the quarterback or somebody do something and, and you just see that O-lineman run there real fast yeah. <laughs> to go protect his quarterback. I, I kind of feel like that's the thing that I look for in to trust in the O-line because mistakes are going to happen, like I said, but if you got a dog out there that's just ready to go fight every play, it's kind of hard to it's hard to beat that. Yeah, I want to agree. Go ahead, Nick. Oh, I was going to say too. And then do you have like, uh, like with this new sort of like, I feel like the, like you, you were a part of it with like uh, the, the two running back system and everything like that. Uh, is there talk between running backs on the sidelines uh, during drives or in between drives to say, hey, hey, you go out there or you're really, you know, you're really doing well versus defense or I'm doing well. Like what's that dialogue and, and is there dialogue? And see, the thing about that, man, it's crazy to, because a lot of people would think you got these running backs playing the same position. It's going to be a lot of selfish stuff going on. But it's not like that at all because, as you, as you know, to play a whole football game is just – especially at running back is just – it's, it's, it's kind of hard because of, of just blocking. It's a lot that goes into it. But we communicate. It'd be like, man, do you want to go in? It's like it's crazy because, like, you want to mm -hmm. go on this. You hot right now, so you should stay out here. But it's it's kind of a – 
it's it's like a blessing in the disguise to have a, another great running back beside you. And I think a lot of people don't realize that they kind of making it to a competition. But if you got somebody just as good as you to compliment you, it's gonna make your job a lot easier. I, I'm glad you said that, Sharkandra, because I think one of the things that I think fans and people on the outside uh, would be surprised to learn how easily you guys take yourselves in and yeah, out and like, why is this guy not in why is that guy like they just take yeah they just run off the field like it's no more it's not it's different if you're a center like nick couldn't run off the field and nick used to talk about that all the time as like a defensive guy as a running back you could go 110 percent on every single play because you get tired you take yourself out offensive linemen can't take themselves hey, out so on, they can't go 100 percent on every play you have to that's kind of throttle up and throttle down yeah. That's not, people don't understand. Like I said, a lot of people uh, don't understand. Like, Lyman, Nick, no. Bro, Lyman, have you ever seen a Lyman's hand? <laughs> like, they have, I'm telling you, bro, they have, people don't understand what them trenches like. And that's why I say that to yeah. what I, I know a lot oh of guys, you don't, you don't see a lot of uh, Lyman on ESPN and Sports Center, but just think about it. What would the game be without big man? Yeah. Like, they don't get a lot Weird. of credit <laughs> for real, but what, what, <laughs> I wouldn't have I me. Mean, I said I wouldn't have a. I couldn't play running back without Nick and his guys blocking. Yeah. Like they start the game, and they don't get a lot of respect. But like the linemen, offense and defense, without those guys, no football. And Shakendrick, I know you and Nick never play together, but I have enough examples of you and Pass Pro stepping up with <laughs> a linebacker and, and flipping him over the Houston yeah. game. I'm actually, I was actually just trying to find it on YouTube right now to show Nick because Nick likes little guys when they show some physicality and they yeah. do those things that always happen yeah. in the trenches. And you did it so many times that you guys would you would have said a lot of very nice things about uh, that little guy, Sharkandrick, little yeah. 35 back there sticking his nose in there. I like that. I like that a lot. And Sharkandrick, tell us about. Um, Le'Veon Bell style. Um, I, I prefer when a when a um, when a running back just blazes through that hole. You know, I prefer that. But I know Le'Veon Bell style is sort of casual. Um, can you explain that that thought process as a running back? Like, do you have thoughts? The hard. I'm gonna tell you the hardest thing for most running backs to figure out is patience. Yeah. And when I say he has it figured out, it's kind of. <laughs> It's crazy because you almost be like, what is he doing? What is he doing? Oh, there he is. Yeah. He'll be like, here, set it up and set it up and just watch it. And then, wow. Like I say, with the, uh, but to run like that, it takes a good old line because if we tried that three years ago, Eric Bienemy would have probably killed every running back in that room. (laughs) (laughs) You can't do this, right? Yeah, you cannot do this. Telling us to hit the hole. But like I say, Le'Veon is special because, like I said, how many guys can you know that really goes back there and he, he really waits, and then he just yeah. hits it. And to be – people don't realize how big he is. And to be that shifty for a big guy, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a lot in one package. Yeah, it really is. Nick, I, I can't help but laugh when you said you like running backs that just get through the hole as fast as possible. I was like, <laughs> you just don't want to block. Like, you just want to get away from me. Just no. get out of here. And let me just you know, I, did get job. I did my job. No, it's not, listen, no, the, the, the advantage for an offensive lineman is, is the less you have to hold up your D line, the easier it is going to be to, to hit that hole. It's like you have like, a, it's like a finite window before that hole closes. And if you have a running back who's hitting that hole, you get on your guy, make contact and, they're by you before you it's even know. Best because the only thing they say with Livion, if you don't have an O line that's used to playing with a guy like that, you would get a lot of holding calls. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of holding calls because you don't know where he's going. You you thinking like like Nick said, you thinking he gonna hit the hole, he's still back there. Yeah, and now Nick grabbing. <laughs> 
Yeah. Because I got beat. Because I got beat. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's trying to burn Might as well. Shorty Low. She's going to come here being bit. Are you guys on better, better terms now, or are you guys still want to fight? We, we good right now. She's going to come beat. She just woke up, so she's probably going to be very demanding. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how much sleep she get at night. I hear you. Hey, hey, okay. All right. I, I, I got another, oh, I'm sorry, BJ. I got another question. Um, When you have a run dialed up, hmm? are you thinking about your options if it breaks down or what, it, What like on certain runs, let's say you have like, a, like an off tackle to the left. Like what are you, what are they teaching you? Is it is it is it whole? Is it is it off of a certain guard's butt or so, so linebacker? It, dep- it kind of depends on the take. I mean, I'm pretty sure you know that. But with technique, I mean, if you got a wide nine on an off tackle, you more than, you know you likely know you're not getting outside. So you gotta you gotta be in the thing with that. Just playing running back in the O line, I have to be in sync with you. So I can't just hit it too fast. If I go out, I want to kind of stretch that nine technique to get him to widen out. And my thought process is cutting it up. And most of the time, if you get it stretched, the, the, the key to it is stretching it and not hitting yeah. it too soon. Because if you hit it too soon, like you said, it close very fast. So when I like, when I see an off tackle, I'm going to think, let me press, 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 and then cut up instead of just getting it and cutting up. Or Because like I said, again, they can get you your holding calls. or, or like, the ba- like the Baltimore run? In the back of my mind, I know all the runs you're talking about. I was like, you did that against Baltimore. Bro. Ja Reed was the right tackle, and he yep. did the backside cutoff on the uh-huh. linebacker. I'll never forget that play. I've seen that play a thousand times. Yeah. Sorry to jump in the middle of that. But, uh, yeah, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, Sharkandra, because you brought up Eric Bieniemy and his name's been thrown around so much. I know he's your guy. Uh, so anybody expecting anything other than the most glowing remarks from you right now would be uh, – supremely disappointed but uh what do you what do you think when you see his name getting thrown around he saw it last year he didn't get an opportunity to interviewed a couple of times and now there's a lot of jobs open his name's getting thrown out there again uh what do you think when you see his name out there what kind of head coach do you think he'll be man first of all i want to say just the not even coach just the great man that he would be he he is an amazing man before he even started being a coach but He's going to be one of the greatest coaches, just mark my words, man. He got Coach Reed leading him, and shout out to Coach Reed, because like I said, that's my guy, too. But he's going to be one of the greatest coaches to ever coach the game because of how detailed he is. Like I said, he made – I really feel like if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have had the career that I had because of just how detailed he is and how he loves the game. And he's a, you know how passionate he is. <laughs> uh, you're trying not to share stories that you know oh, you can't share. Right <laughs> he's so passionate just about the game, and and he he's special. And like I say, I'm I'm excited to see those guys win a Super Bowl this year, and he get his opportunity to go build his own team. Yeah, Nick, I actually want to ask both of you guys this question. Sorry, Nick, if you had a follow-up. I want to ask both of you this because I think another thing that fans get caught up in, and you guys tell me if I'm out to lunch here, but the only head coach I ever knew was Andy Reid, so that's all I have to go on. But I think people, they would assume that, like with play calling, well, he's never called plays, so he can't be a head coach. There's so much more to being a head coach than just who calls the plays. That So much more of it is about being a CEO of an organization and making decisions on what practice – 
is going to look like at training camp, whether your friends or family can go in the locker room after the game, who can come into the hotel, like all of the decisions that have nothing to do with football, that have everything to do with your relationship with your players, being able to communicate expectations with your players, and then just knowing that every day you know what to expect. And from playing with Coach Reed, I know, Nick, you didn't, but one thing I I knew from guys who had been around the league that they loved about Coach Reed is they knew what to expect, and there was going to be no surprises. He wasn't going to be in a good mood one day, bad mood one day. They weren't going to have a three-hour practice one day and then an hour practice. Like everything was so consistent, and that's what I think when I hear about you know what is Eric Bieniemy learned from Andy Reid. Well, he's not calling plays, and like I hate saying this because I know it's not real, but these are the conversations that fans have, and I want to ask you how important is it with the head coach? And I know Nick, you played for a few different ones. Uh, Shark Kendrick, you were on a couple of different teams uh, with stints that you had. That how important as a head coach and specifically to what Eric Bieniemy can bring to the table is just the communication and the trust with the having that relationship with the players that you may have to give him some bad you may have to let him go or you may have to do these tough things but you still respect him and you still like him and those are the things that matter in my opinion as a head coach and that's where I think Eric Bieniemy being around Coach Reed as long as he has separates him from anybody else is he knows how to run an organization and yes he's called plays at different times he's done all those things but how much of that for you guys with the head coaches you played for, the good head coaches were able to clearly communicate and that you trusted what they said, that they mean what they said, and they said what they mean. Are you going, Nate? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think that cons- message consistency um, and just – I think, honestly, even like if, if guys are late, uh, not being afraid to to discipline your, your superstars – because then I think that shows everybody that, that you are consistent. Nobody gets a free pass and, and things like that. You know, if a guy's late for a Saturday practice, you know, it's, it, it can, it can be bothersome, you know, and, and I like when you do, do discipline um, and just knowing that consistency and, and a, a guy who, who is happy to be out there and a guy who, who treats you like a man. I, I always hated these coaches who were like, sort of like should have been college coaches because they kind of treat you like, like, like your boss. And it's like, I, I think I loved about Sean Payton was that he treated you like a man, you know? And you know what? Too? He was out, he was out on Friday nights with you sometimes, <laughs> you know, back in the day. So in New Orleans, so um, you, know, you just see him at a restaurant, you'd be with his family drinking wine, stuff like that. You just can't say what's up, but you know, that's what you like, you know? And I don't know, Sean Kendrick, it's sort of a, I, I played 10 years ago. Uh, it was my last season. Like, is it a different vibe now? Is it like a closer Right, and it's I say like the thing now. It's like I said, like you said, Wick. I feel like Sean is like kind of like Coach Reed because I saw the thing about Coach Reed. I saw him on the TV before I got to the Chiefs. I'm thinking, man, it's got to be the meanest, toughest guy to play for. <laughs> and to meet him and and he's goofier than me. I'm like, man, what? this is crazy. <laughs> like no way he's this. But to say, like I said, to go Friday night. Like one time, I passed Coach Reed at a stoplight. He rode his window down and blew the horn. <laughs> like, 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 what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, why aren't you? Like, why aren't you at home with this one? But he and you, we all know how he loved cheeseburger. Like I said, but he was just a great guy to be around. Besides football, but kind of go back to what Nick said: just a, a coach that treats you like a man, not like a kid, or like this is your job. But he showed you that he cares about you, and and. Don't make it all about football, man. And then, like he said, with the the biggest thing is with the superstar. If a superstar comes in late, they discipline them. I remember, like I told you, when I first got there in training camp and Jamal was getting tackled still. I remember <laughs> DJ had lit Jamal up. I'm like, man, what? Like, he just <laughs> almost killed him. 
<laughs> Damn. Damn. Start running back. Like, what's going on? And he like, what are they gonna? And you go, what are they gonna do to me? <laughs> like, if they yeah. hit Jamal like that, what are they gonna do to I'm me? Like, man. And he allowed it, bro. He didn't stop it or nothing. Like, we practice kept going. Jamal kept going back in on live periods, and I'm like, okay, this is a guy that I can respect. But then go back to, like you said about people just see head coaches think football, football. They don't think about the family deaths, the the players having kids, the players getting sick. I mean, it's just people think, I'm not saying people, and I'm not saying people, but even though we play football and stuff like that, but life still happens. And to have a coach that understands that life does still happen and it's not all about football, I think that's why the Chiefs and, like I said, Sean Payton is having so much success because of their guys like that. And you can tell that the guys like to go out there and play for yeah, not to get into the sensitive stuff, but uh, you don't have to look any further than, you know, two of the more public players with the Chiefs who weren't with them anymore, who had different things with Marcus Peters yeah. and Kareem, Kareem Hunt. Yeah. If you ask those guys about Andy Reid, even not with a camera in their face, they love Andy Reid mm-hmm. to this day. And how can you go through the situations that both those players went through and still not only just say like, yeah, I like coach, like to actively really love that coach who still had to make those tough decisions along with the rest of the organization. I think it says everything. And you look at those, you're like, okay, there's more going on behind the scenes. There's more here than just calling plays or winning football games. Uh, I'll never forget David Coley telling me years ago, an assistant coach saying, I love working for coach Reed because on April 13th, and this was in like February. He goes, on April 13th, I can tell you exactly what I'm going to be doing that day because everything's so structured. He goes, it allows me to make time for my family. It allows yeah. me to schedule vacations and all these other things because everything's laid out. And that's the that's what Eric Bieniemy has learned from yeah. Andy Reid. Not what what uh iteration of a, well, yeah, what iteration of a screen, you know, the 15th iteration of the same screen pass is awesome, but it's more so all the other stuff because that's where I think a lot of the players getting frustrated behind the scenes. And when you start seeing that stuff bubble up and it goes public, I think a lot of that has to do with coaches not necessarily being in control of all the other stuff. Exactly. Cause that's where the frustrations start to come out. Um, my two cents, but uh, Sharkandrick, we're going to wrap up this episode and we'll get your final thoughts on okay. just the chiefs in general, what you've seen from this team as they're uh, trying to run it back and, and defend their Super Bowl and be the first team to do it in almost 20 years. What do, what do you think when you watch this group right now? Man, I think, I think first of all, they're having fun, bro. And I feel like that's what's keeping them winning. If they can go, like I said, it's, 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 it's right there. It's just, it's right there. Like I said, we can just keep everybody healthy and, and they keep doing what they're doing. The sky's the limit. They can keep running it back for years and years after that. Absolutely. Nick, what final thoughts do you have as we wrap up the breaking down the Chiefs 32-29 win over the New Orleans Saints to basically solidify their position, uh, getting in, inching closer to that one seed, which we know is more important this year because there's only one team getting the bye uh, in each the AFC and NFC. But, Nick, what are your final thoughts on this game? I love the aggressive play calling. I love the pass to, to Kelsey late to, to get the first down. Uh, I, I love I love the speed option with Mahomes. Uh, by the way, Mahomes he's running he's running really well right now. He's running with some some passion. Uh, that speed option. Cam Jordan gets ejected. They do speed option right to his old yeah. spot and get a touchdown. <laughs> and I love that. I oh my god, it was nice, man. It was and it's like you said uh, with with letting DJ tackle Jamal. Right. Where it's like, I mean, it's the same. He's putting he's putting Mahomes out there. This, he, that's a playoff call. He's putting his guy out there and saying, hey, you got to earn your keep, too, buddy. Yeah. yeah so, but not okay, too much. Nick, Nick, what about this? So you I got a question for you. you yeah. Know, what's up? Chiefs fans or Saints fan? 
I was actually, we talked about this earlier too. I was, uh, I was rooting for the Chiefs. I, I was, I was neutral going into it. I was like, this is going to be a fun game to watch because I'll be cool with either outcome. But I'm like, you know what? I kind of, I was rooting for the Chiefs. I'm from Louisiana. I'm a Saints. I was a group of Saints fan. I, 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 I get it. I get it. Yeah. It's crazy. Who, who are you rooting team. for? Who are you rooting for? I'll root for the Chiefs. Okay. But Nick, I was on that Super Bowl team. What? Where, where year was that? Oh nine. That's Season. crazy. I was still in high school. Watching, <laughs> I remember watching that game. That was good, man. We had we had a stable of. I think they, they really. I mean, Sean really grew up the the playbook for the multiple running backs with. Um, you know, we had Reggie Bush. Reggie, yeah. Uh, we have um Pierre Thomas, uh Lionel Hamilton, uh just some some bruisers, man. You yeah. know, uh, Evans, fullback. You know, it was a good good group and fun. Fun group of running backs too. They had a lot of fun. <laughs> they did. They did. Every time you go back for one of those reunions, you tell how fun it is. So that had to have been a fun team to, to play on. It was. Um, it was a. Um, it was a family. It was a family, and I think that's yeah. what the Chiefs have right now. It's why you have people wanting to come back and literally take pay cuts mm-hmm. to come back and play. You that never happens. Yeah, but but it, it's a fun place to work, right? And, and it's it's awesome, yeah. and it's a great atmosphere, and you're going to win games. So unlike New England, where it's a, a, a crappy atmosphere, and but you win games. Win games, yeah. And, and I said, yeah. and, and that's why people don't get not like that's why they're kind of. I'm not going to say they're falling off, but it's more of a. It's too. It's too just serious. Like it's just. Mm-hmm, exactly. It's just cookie. Like you know exactly. Like I say, you know what you're gonna get. You know exactly. You go play for the pages. Like ah, <laughs> no fun. You know no what you're fun. getting. I know. But it's finish. okay when you're winning. It's oh, yeah, not you're okay winning when you're not winning. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's a really good point. I think it's a good point. Just in this pandemic and just this COVID season, the the players having to get along and have those good relationships because I think everybody in the world has their stress levels have been tested wow, throughout COVID at different points, and it, it affects everyone. And so it's not just you know all of us in like our daily jobs, um, but you know it's obviously the, the players not being able to see their families and all those stresses that kind of come out that it it highlights and magnifies if you don't have that locker room, if you don't have like a good relationship with the guys. It's um, over with. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, Chikandrick, last thing, because uh, you're speaking directly to Chiefs fans who absolutely adore you even to this day. What message do you have for them? And what do you want them to know when they, as soon as they see any kind of opening or any kind of, hey, we might need a running back, one of the first people are going to say is, hey, what about Chikandrick? What's he doing right now? Nah. What message do you have for them as we let him go? Oh, go. man, first of all, I want to say I appreciate all the love and everything that I get from Chiefs Kingdom. And like I say, it's crazy to – I haven't played in two years, but they still show love. I tweet something, I do something. So, man, some of the best fans in the world. But like I say, I'm always ready. I don't know. I'm ready to go. And always. <laughs> don't want to put, don't put, don't put, don't put you on the spot. Because I, I, I will I, say, last I, time I this happened, hey, yeah. last time this happened, there was an injury. I'll never. I can share this story now, and I won't name the names <laughs> of who you were texting with. But let's just say there was an injury once. And I immediately texted you. I was like. Hey, let me know if like they reach out to you. And he was like, "I'm on a plane." I was <laughs> like, <"Sure." laughs> "All right, one step ahead." Yeah. I, was I, was like, okay. the, I was I was like, "I'm already ahead of you, bro." <laughs> I'm already on the way. It's like, all right. So, no, no, that's happening. We're not teasing anything. Yeah, if yeah, if, if Shrekandrick knows something, he has not shared it. So we're not yeah. teasing anything like that. Chiefs fans, relax. Yeah, uh, like I know. If he, like I, said, that's, I just hope. Like I said, I hope that Clyde and Le'Veon and uh, both are. Healthy, they can go win that Super Bowl. But you can tell them they won't send me a ring every year they run it. <laughs> I'll, send my, I'll send them my address and, and I'll take it. But like I say, man, I really do appreciate everybody and all the love. It's, 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 like I say, it was a blessing to, to be a part of such a great organization. 
And last thing, and I, I want to say this just because my conscious. Um, also, it shouldn't go without saying, and this is to take nothing away from Darwin Thompson, who's on the team right now, is on mm-hmm. the crack squad. He's been inactive because oh, yeah. Sharkadric, you've been in that position that Darwin's in right now, where somebody gets hurt and then you were the next guy to step up and you took advantage of that time. Chicago Bears, Jamal goes mm-hmm. down. You stepped in and played in that 2015 season. And so uh, if it ends up being Darwin, who's been buying his time, who's been itching to play, I'm excited for Darwin, too, if it ends up being his time to step out there and play. Because out of all people, you know what that's like to to kind of buy your time and finally get it and get, to get a chance to step in, if that's what ends up happening. And see, the thing, I sent Darwin a couple messages just because we came in kind of in a similar <laughs> situation. But, man, a guy works hard. Like I said, he's to to – to be small, he might be one of the strongest guys I've ever seen to be that yeah. small. Like he called himself D train for a reason. But like yeah. I told him, like I've told him multiple times, just just pay, be patient, bro. Your time is gonna come and when it comes, you just have to be ready for it because it's football. It's coming. How many running backs you know have never had Nick? How many None. injuries is football? It's gonna happen. So like I say, it's all about being ready to your name is called, be ready to go. So like I said, if he get his name called, I feel like he'll be it, all of them, all those guys, you got dirty, you got, I mean, all of them be ready to go. Yeah, yeah and Daryl. And Daryl's already one of the dirty. guys that we know. What Daryl's That's dirty. That's dirty. Yeah. Yeah, That's your guy. That was your guy. That's my guy, that. man. He ready to go. Like I said, all those guys, they, like I said, they, the, the sky's the limit for those guys. As long as they keep that family atmosphere, keep having fun, they'll go wherever they want to go. All right. We'll wrap up this episode. Nick, do you have any final thoughts? No, that was awesome, Sharkander. Thanks for taking Thank that. Like y'all let me know when y'all live. I'm not doing anything, but we can go out here and talk. Yeah, I, I, I was going to put out on Twitter that uh, you were in town, but I didn't want uh, Jackstack Bar. It's, <laughs> it's it's fitting that you and I went to Jackstack. I know, right? Episode, and I just said it in the corner. By, yeah. It's sponsored by Jackstack Barbecue. Jackstack uh, but stuff. Yeah, I didn't want to, to put that out there. Jackstack could have 9,000 people show up. Yeah, it's um, all good. You know, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I know. Uh, you let it. You let Chiefs fans know when you're coming in town, and uh, we appreciate Sharkhandrick. We appreciate your time. You know, we're gonna stay in touch. We got some oh, things. Yeah. We got some things in the works. So we'll let Chiefs fans know now about stay that. Stay tuned. Down the road. Stay but, tuned. All right. Well, everybody, we appreciate you for listening to this episode again. The Chiefs go to 13 and one with a 32-29 win over the New Orleans Saints, and uh, finish off eight zero on the road this year. Uh, I think it's now eleven straight road wins. It's crazy uh, for the Chiefs. Yeah, the number like tabulating records the chief's pr staff brad g and all his people and and matt McMullen, everybody who has to keep track of all of those <laughs> stats uh, with these guys it's crazy uh your guy travis kelsey keeps setting that's records that's um, crazy. yeah that's one of your guys so uh, anyway yeah, we could do this all day every day but uh sharkandrick we appreciate your time nick i appreciate y'all. we'll you. catch you guys next week later on all right y'all. hey guys See you.